welcome to another episode of the Business Discourse. Today I'm joined by none other than Algoma's very own, the campus favorite, Jeremy. How are you today? Hey, hey, Reza. Thank you for having me, man. It's a pleasure to be here. There's some uh, some high phrases. Thank you. <laughs> well, I have to say, you know, you and your team, be consisting of Iman and Shrug, are generally very well regarded amongst the student body. And I think, you know, we all really appreciate all the work you guys do on campus. No, yeah, no, definitely. My team is definitely uh, a bunch of rock stars. Shrug, Iman. Can't forget Marissa. I know we don't get to see her too much on uh, on the Brampton campus, but um, she is definitely in the behind the scenes, and uh, she she herself is also another rock star. But can also but can leave out Nadine and Kathy too. Those those two dynamite leaders are there too. So yeah, we have a really strong team. So yeah, it's, it, I'm glad that I'm glad that what we can do, uh, you know, gives a positive vibe for the students. All right. Well, I mean, that is true. I think it's mostly the case of, so as Marissa's always in Suzanne Marie and Kathy and Nadine are as well, we just don't get to see them as much. So I think really it's, we appreciate you three so much because we get to see you constantly every day, always there nine to five. So, you know, it's easier to appreciate people right there. No, that's true. No, definitely. Thank you so much. We appreciate that. No, nah, man, I just want you to know you're well-loved amongst the students. And just speaking of, like, being well-loved, how's uh, loving quarantine going? Um, quarantine is not bad, you know. Uh, it is uh, what we need to do right now. Um, Self-isolating mm-hmm. and, you know, social distancing is uh, really important right now. But I won't lie, it is it is getting a little, little tough. I do miss being on campus. I do miss being around my team and the student body for sure. Um, but at the end of the day too, like, you know, I have a little bit more time now to, you know, do things around the house and all of that, like, you know, just attend to chores and stuff like that. So like, that's good, but yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to go back to work. Well, at least I'd like to go back to normal sooner than later. Yeah. It's a case of where it's a very difficult situation everyone's in. I myself, I'm very proud of everyone performing their civic duty so far, especially considering what's happening just south of the border. That's true. Yeah, no, definitely. We've got to give it up to the frontline workers that are here that are, you know, really risking themselves to, you know, protect us. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. It's south of the border isn't doing too, too well. And <clears throat> We're not too sure if uh, if that's going to be uh, how that's going to pan out for us because you know we we uh, Canada and America have such close ties you know we rely on each other for quite a bit so I don't know how that's going to affect our economy moving forward you know. Mm-hmm. I it'll be an interesting debate of what happens next because I think there's a lot of okay what happens to the economy so far. But, you know, uh, I think as long as the concern always is placed first on the fact that if you care too much about the economy, you'll do what the U.S. has done and exceed over 100,000 deaths. And if you're not careful enough, you're going to essentially create the same problem you're trying to eliminate, which is a weak economy. Because if you have another wave of this or a third wave, you're not going to be able to open anything up again for even longer that's true. Yeah, no, it'll, it'll only just uh, delay the process, if anything. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, you mentioned frontline workers uh, just a bit ago, and I know for a fact that you're working right now as well. What's uh, working been like? How's it changed? Uh, working from home um, has been um, a little bit uh, tedious, I would say, just because, you know, something that would initially just take five minutes or, you know, or, or a quick question that you would have, um, you know, would only take, you know, a couple seconds where you'd pop your head into someone's office and ask them real quick. Those those interactions are lost now. So those type of things are genuinely um, some are, some of the some of the things that kind of hold back on um, how how we're doing right now at work. You know, it's just those small like it's the small instances that you you wouldn't think that make your job easy or not easy, but just you know doable um is what is missing so yeah it's 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 become a little it's different you know we've had to adapt um but it hasn't stopped us you know that that's the that's the the main focus that we have is that you know we can we can't stop because we have students to focus on so um that that being said it's it's uh it's you know we, we've come up with the innovative ways to you know still carry out things and get things done. So it's really cool that right now the, pand- the pandemic is kind of giving, you know, uh, an opportunity for technology to kind of shine in this, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, well, speaking of, you know, like technology is shining and so much having to change around the pandemic, what's some things you want to continue that are going on from now? Because I, I do think it's important to say that when anything bad like this happens, there's also positives brought about. And I think for me, the biggest positive is just the attitude of the general populace has been fairly resilient to this, which is a great thing. I, that's something I personally hope continues going forward into more issues after the pandemic ends. What about you? What are you really interested in seeing continue? Um, What I'd like to see continue would... It's possibly like, you know, some of the, um, just some of the social changes that have happened, you know, in, in the sense that, you know, I think like the, this pandemic is kind of teaching everyone to be a little bit more patient. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's, that's something that I'd like to, you know, continue over past this whole situation. Um, what else? Uh, I haven't really given very much thought to that. Like, that's actually a really good question. Um what else would I say? Uh, you know what? Uh, I'd mm-hmm. like Uber to Uber to keep those discounts, skip the dish to keep those discounts going past the pandemic. You know, let us support our local <laughs> zero free delivery. I'd love that. Um, yeah. What else? Um, you know what? Like last thing, but this is kind of from like from a from a institutional perspective, but like it's also come from like an alumni perspective. Is that like I'd like to see our like I'd like to see our online courses here to stay, which I'm pretty sure they are. Um, but this is definitely like a great opportunity. That's something that I'd like to see us, you know, carry forward because I think you know we'd be able to, you know, help educate and like you know bring educate like bring post secondary quality education to a lot more people with us being online. So yeah, I think those would be my my three things that I'd like to see continue past uh, the pandemic all right well i mean that's fair enough to say you know you want obviously something of the 
quote-unquote convenience that's been brought back. I mean, speaking of just like delivery services, I recently came across a couple of articles about how much they take from restaurants. And Uber Eats takes a whopping 30% commission, right? Which is shocking to me. And the lowest is DoorDash at 10%. Yeah, no, that's crazy. Yeah, they they do like uh, these uh, <clears throat> um, on-demand delivery services are... Uh, uh, are, are huge money makers. You know, they um, every now and then, whenever I'm I'm taking an Uber from wherever it is, I'll I'll sp- uh, strike up a conversation with with the driver. And majority of the times, you know, like they're doing it as a, as a side hustle to make mm-hmm. some you know secondary income. But it's it, at the same time, like you hear them, like you know, they're like, yeah, like it's not that great, but like you know it just kind of covers things, you know, it just makes it. And like, like they're like, you know, if this is just another way for me to make money, if I had a better option, I would probably be doing that. But um, yeah, you're right, man. Like the, 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 uh, the, the, the little premium that uh, Uber takes off of these drivers or like skip takes off of these drivers is pretty insane. Oh yeah. And I mean, I, I hope that the push the restaurants have made to kind of become more independent from them continues because I don't want to see the industry become monopolized more, right? It's great seeing all the local businesses in Brampton who have been just so resilient towards this. Places like, you know, down by where we are at the campus, we have Nova's and, you know, if Nova's closes, I'd be completely heartbroken. And then having someone like a McDonald's come in, it, it just betrays what I believe are very fundamental ideals in Brampton about local business. Yep. No, I, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, no, definitely. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a strange time. And like, yeah, you don't want to, you don't want local businesses to, to die out because those are like these small businesses are what keep our economy thriving and are what keeps us flourishing you know and active it's what without them we wouldn't be able mm-hmm. to do very much yeah well you know speaking of like going past the quarantine what's something you're looking forward to doing when this quarantine ends um, I'm definitely looking forward to, uh, you know, um, meeting up with everyone that I haven't been able to see in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, that's definitely one thing. Um, just honestly, you know, just do the things that I wasn't like what quarantine didn't allow me to do, you know, just go play basketball, you know, ride a bike around, around the city. Just, the, just you know, just those little things that you know you, things that you you took for granted back, back when life was uh, a lot simpler. I would say. <laughs> back when life was simpler, yeah, I've seen some people being playing tennis around just the parks again, and that's, I mean, you know, that's the sport where you're properly observing social distancing. So, <laughs> I can't be too upset about it. I really respect people playing tennis right now. Exactly. Yeah. No. They they are uh, they're definitely exercising their social distancing. So <laughs> exercising their social distancing. Oh, that's funny. I see. I see. You caught the pun. Well, I mean, 
<laughs> you could never skip a pun. But, you know, I want to touch a bit more about you now, right? Because quarantine's been something that's very prevalent in everyone's lives. But I want to talk more about you. And I think it's because the students would also want to hear more about you specifically, right? So I know a little bit about you. You grew up in almost the same region I did. You grew up in the UAE. I'm a Saudi boy through and through, right? What was it like coming from the UAE to uh, Canada? Um, it was definitely, uh, a huge, huge switch because, uh, my, I mean, like my sent, second interaction with Canada was, was when I came here for school. But my first time that I came to Canada was when I came to Vancouver, BC. So I, I came in with, uh, when I, when I was coming to school to Sault Ste. Marie specifically, cause that's where I went, um, I, I came in with the ideas of, okay, you know what, Canada is going to be, like, the whole of Canada is pretty much like Vancouver, BC, you know, like, high rises, mm-hmm. you know, da 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 the, like, you know, a, a, like a different lifestyle, you know, so I was like, oh, wow, okay, this is going to be amazing, so I touched down in Toronto, and I see it, and I'm like, wow, this is it, and then, you know, we're like, okay, no, we got to go take another flight to Sault Ste. Marie, so we fly, and I land there, and I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> and Marie is just this very, very small town, and I was just blown away. So, um, yeah, it it was it was it was a like it was a it's a it was a different experience, but you know, um, it wasn't something that I wasn't uh, not familiar to in the sense that I both of my parents come from very humble beginnings, you know. So, um, whenever we go back to India travel back to their their ancestors it's 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 uh it's a different you know like a different experience you know we go back to a very small town or a small village and that same atmosphere existed there so it wasn't something that i wasn't familiar to but i hadn't lived in one of that i haven't hadn't lived in that type of environment before so um it was unique yeah it was i don't think i was ever prepared like there's no way you could go be be prepared from someone who has spent uh, 18 years of their lives, you know, in plus 40 weather, and then all of a sudden decides to go halfway across the world into negative 40, you know? So <laughs> um, that's, that's like, that. that's how, like, whenever someone asks, like, how did you do? I was like, I don't know. Cause like, I chose, like, I came from one extreme and chose to go to the right to the other extreme. Like there was no, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't go like, Hey, let's go to California. Maybe that might be better. You know, but no, it was, I was like, no, let's go and uh, head first right into I mean, that, the beast. I think that's pretty fair, though. Like, I, I would rather have extreme cold or extreme heat versus, like, insanely lukewarm weather. I find it so absurdly boring. I feel insulted when I walk outside and it's lukewarm. I'm like, what do you mean? Don't insult me like this. Either be 50 or be minus 50. There's no in between here. <laughs> I, you know what, man? I I wish I could see eye to eye on that, but I definitely like having the fact that we have four seasons here. <laughs> I, I guess maybe it'll take me some time to transition it to getting used to having four seasons, but I'm still only used to two, right? <laughs> yeah, the hot and hot, right? <laughs> yep, hot and hot. Hot yeah. and slightly less hot. Yeah. Right? Hot well, with the, I mean, with the I'm, I'm really curious to know why you picked Algoma then. Sorry, say that again. Yeah, I'm really curious to know what it was that helped you pick Algoma over some of the other universities you could have gone to. 
Uh, to be completely frank, um, it was uh, it kind of came out of uh, a whole lot of things. So I, I at the time I had uh, I was I was doing a one year college degree or a diploma at uh, at Murdoch University in Dubai, and uh, my mom at the time worked uh, relatively closely with the educational council in in Abu Dhabi. So. She she caught wind of a of a university fair that was happening, and Algoma happened to be on the roster, and we just happened to get in contact with them. And funny enough, I I ended up having a quick one on one meeting with Dave Marasco in in Abu Dhabi, which was which is so funny. So um, it 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 all kind of just happened because at the time when I was doing my college diploma, um. All of my high school friends were just finishing up their year twelve, so mm-hmm. I was. Uh, they were all kind of, you know, in the midst of choosing to go to uh, Canada, and like we're looking at going to colleges in in the states. So I wasn't too sure exactly like how I was. I was thinking about it. My 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 plans were kind of set on like continuing uh, my education with Murdoch, and then because I had already you know, established a, a social circle and so much and all of that. So I was like, you know, thoughts of going uh, to to Canada were kind of in, uh, in the back of my head. But I then was like, after I had those conversations with, you know, um, w- with Dave at the time, we, it kind of just sparked things for me. And I was just like, you know what, it's kind of time to kind of like take a plunge, you know, like 18 years you've lived your life here in Abu Dhabi. Like it's, why not, why not, you know, get a change, do something different like that. This is the only way you gain experiences. And like, this is the only way you'll, you know, uh, have uh, a story to tell at the end of the day. So I was like, you know what, I'll do it. And yeah, I, at the time, I believe if I'm not mistaken, I think Murdoch, Australia and, uh, Algoma University had like a partnership. So the college, the one-year college diploma that I did, had, like I managed to have like credits that transferred over. So that worked out for me. And yeah, so like things just like all kind of fell into place and then Algoma happened. But the, the to go back to what you were what you were asking, which is why I chose it, I think the, 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 the underlining thing that ma- like helped me make my decision was the uh the personal care that um Ogoma put to it you know which was like that meeting that one-on-one meeting I had with Dave wasn't something that I was scheduled or anything like that it it happened in the lobby of a of a of a hotel and that was just because we found his card and we reached out to him and so that that type of stuff all just you know happened uh organically but that conversation and like, you know, him setting the time apart to like, you know, take me aside and have a conversation, which was by all means, he didn't need to do that, but he did. So like, it was that, it was that instance where I was like, you know what, like if a, if a school's going to do, uh, is if a school's going to put that much care into it, I would like, I definitely would like to consider them. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, you've basically seen a school go for you very far and value you as not just a candidate, but as a person. So it creates a very positive imp- uh, impression on you to 
go to that specific university and i think that resonates with a lot of students oh yeah definitely yeah that those in, like those small moments really have uh, ma- massive impacts you know yeah and i think people kind of take for granted the fact that you know the little things are the ones that really build people sure you can remember someone for the most massive achievement they've ever had but you can never have the full grasp of someone without those really minute little details right like some people just open the door very subconsciously they'll just open the door for you no matter what and i've been starting to pay a little more attention to it lately and i'm like that's great like that's just so genuinely nice of a person to do it without even realizing i think it shows a lot of character oh definitely yes no <clears throat> those uh, those moments definitely have uh large impacts down the line in your life mm. well you know so you go from abu dhabi to algoma and to st marie which i might as well add because weather right what 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 was it like being in the Suse Marie campus versus the Brampton campus now um the the Suse campus was definitely um it's it's unique it has its own charm you know it's uh it's cute it's quaint it has um it it, it it's it, it, you know it's like um it's a one of a kind type of situation you know like you you go down there you like you know you go down there as a, a in your first year and you know everything is new you have no idea and then um in your fourth or like for me my fifth year when you're leaving like you just know that place like the back of your hand you know so um it it's it's unique it's different um <clears throat> it's also um it's it's also how would i say it's um it's different cuz you know the the community that is also surrounded around uh uh Goma Saint Marie is also very tight knit you know they it's a city of roughly 65,000 people 70,000 i would say at most and you know everyone knows everyone like you know it's very tight knit so um you go there you 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 can you get a sense of what uh a very tight knit community feels like cuz there are only four or five high schools you know like there it isn't as as uh uh as metropolitan as you would think Brampton camp like the Brampton area is you know so um it was unique going to school there um let alone cuz the fact that when i came from a very like highly metropolitan area like abu dhabi <laughs> is extremely metropolitan so um and i just went straight from like one extreme to the other which was a very small town you know uh there there are folks that are out there that own farms and stuff like that you know so uh, <laughs> like that's that's the 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 extreme i went to which was which is really nice cuz you know i got to experience you know things that i wouldn't you know i got like uh where else can you you know be so close to all of these great lakes and you know go trekking in some of like this beautiful wilderness that's out there and you know within a couple minutes be at the beach you know it was it it, it was unique cuz it had like 
if you went there and you may like if you went there and looked for the beauty that it had you would find it obviously someone who came there and was just like you know yes i like you know my experience like i i'm i i can't deal with this you know there's not there's this there's not that like you know you could complain about a lot of things you could definitely i could complain a lot about the sue but at the end of the day it's those those things that really 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 um made my experience in Sault Marie much more memorable you know mm. well i mean i i find that really interesting right about the going from this very metropolitan area to what is essentially a town because i came from real that i came here to brampton i was like this is a village this is a town Th- you're telling me this is a city i don't believe it i don't buy it there is no way this is genuinely considered a city and for my first two semesters I, I even to this day i'm still like I, i'm not sure if this is a city it still feels like a town right so i can't imagine what it must be to go to what is considered a town in sault ste marie which only has a population that is 10% of what brampton has and especially when there's only like four major high schools that are so interconnected to each other as well I, I genuinely find that absurd. <laughs> I I should go visit Sault Ste. Marie just to get more of the contrast. Yeah, no, it's definitely it's a it'll give you a much more of a perspective of what what it is to live in the Sioux for sure. Mm. Well, with the Sioux, I think one thing about Sault Ste. Marie and Brampton that's very different is Osu. Now, Osu being the Algoma University Student Union is primarily located in Sault Ste. Marie with, you know, we have, I believe, one representative or two in Brampton, but the main Osu campus and main Osu area is all in Sault Ste. Marie. And our private investigator found out that you've actually run for Osu elections. So I'm really curious to know what positions you were running for. Um, I I only ran for one position and I only ran once and... Um uh it i i'd ran uh, unopposed so it was it was just uh <laughs> it was a it was a yes or no situation but i think i'd um the so what i ran for at the time was the vice president of communication that that position no longer exists in in asu uh cuz uh, we had put a plan in that uh, a couple boards later would then follow through and we we had a rejuvenated the positions we altered some of things on the board and um it took a, it took a it took a couple of years for those things to uh, fall into place but uh thus the vp of communication no longer exists as a title in asu but that was a position i ran for um yeah um it was yeah it was a great experience it, it, i i ran unopposed and i ran in a team so I um I think that was also one of the reasons why we ran unopposed was cuz um the 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 team I don't want to say you know I don't want to toot our our horn but it it did come it did comprise of some heavy hitters so mm-hmm. um that being said uh I felt like that might have you know that might have might have uh just put some people at at unease and we're like you know what maybe it's maybe it's not my time to run this year just <laughs> they just see the dominance that might come ar- around and yeah it it, it was it was uh, I, I mean you know uh 
it was it was one of the first few boards that was comprised like the first few executive boards to comprise of all international students so um mm-hmm. it was a it, it, my board was pretty it was it was it was it was it was, it was a great board to be a part of it was uh, very uh momentous uh definitely learned a lot but yeah no that um that campaign that that election was was uh was a really fun time but yeah we we ran on the post so it was <laughs> it was it was very it it it, it kind of it it, it 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 instilled a lot of faith in us just because what it what it also proved was that the student body um trusted each individual people like each of the individual members that we were all that we had like kind of formed a like a super super team and when we did that we were like i the, the student body just somehow were like you know what this is actually um something that we can we can back ourselves around you know uh in the mm-hmm. past there has been multiple also elections where there have been multiple you know teams and groups running for different multiple positions at the same time um but yeah our year the year that we ran it somehow it was yeah we ran unopposed and either it was there either we we had like a either we were like ruling with an iron fist or or we just had uh, or or they just you know we were just immaculate leaders that uh uh the student body put enough trust in us i mean i'm sure the truth lies in between somewhere of oh it's just a team of lebrons and oh it's just a team of kim jong-uns i'm sure the actual truth is just somewhere in between there. yeah it, it lies in between somewhere between that i would like to say yeah <laughs> Well, I mean, so you mentioned that, you know, you helped rebrand Asu a lot. You got rid of some positions. You were really involved in this team. I, I'm curious, like, was the team comprised of people you were very friendly with already? Were they, like, maybe a support for you when you actually got on campus? Um, yeah, funny enough that you uh, make that connection. Um, yeah, like, the, the, the president at the time that I was running with, he actually... he had to step he had to step down um after uh after he got elected because of you know personal issues and then the following president that got elected after that was uh was someone who again not 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 really close with but was someone who was an international student you know was looked up to really well in the community so uh he he was someone who I forged an alliance and not not alliance but forged a friendship with and uh he's so definitely someone who you know I I I hold hold up to high standards um but at the time of my elections I ran with uh, a really good friend of mine named Caleb Caleb Smyko and uh mm-hmm. I also ran with another friend of mine named Bafa Yusuf so uh the the three of us ran together Caleb ran for president and uh Bafa ran for VP of exter- uh, VP external and then i ran as a vp of communication uh mm-hmm. and then at the time my roommate who i just just became roommates with she she ran as vp as vp internal so uh somehow the four of us all kind of connected and there was another guy in 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 the um who was who was a who was a good friend of mine and Caleb and Bafa at the same time 
His name was Joseph. So he he ran as a record uh, recording secretary. So it it like we just you know it, it was a bunch of people that you know um, we we thought uh, would do do well in these positions, and they just happened to be you know we just all happened to be really really good friends or you know. And a lot of us happened to just come in at the same year. You know, we were, um, we all started our first, like our first years were the same time. So it, you know, it kind of had that connection already pre-established. And also being international students, again, you are kind of, you know, when you're living on campus, these are the only folks that you're kind of interacting with, you know, these are the circles that you're you're forging with. So uh, the, the, it, 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 it really wasn't, it wasn't like a, I was I was given multiple options to choose from, but somehow uh, I got my pick of the litter, you know. Mm. And I mean, still, you seem like you know you had a very cohesive unit, and that's a great thing. Just having people you're friendly with, having a cohesive unit, a cohesive mission, vision, and what you want to do with that union is just so important to actually achieving your goals. It's what tends to be the failure of many big dreamers and politics and leading teams with management in big companies so i'm glad to see that you know that camaraderie was always there and it led to you know a massive undertaking such as the million dollar expansion you guys had with glc yeah that was uh i mean um i i i i wouldn't i I don't want to talk a little too much about it just because now i'm on the staff side of things uh, mm-hmm. now you know that the the tables have turned, but uh, what I could d- definitely share with you was that you know it was uh, it was a um, it was a it, it was a bit of a a, a tough time just because we were put in a position where you know we were asked to donate to something that you know we weren't too sure that the student body was you know ready to uh, commit to that and. With that being said, you know we, we we reached out to the student body. We we talked to them. We asked them. We we did uh, we did a little survey. They came in. They voted. They told us how they felt. And you know, at the end of the day, the student body said, "We don't want to do this. We don't want to. We don't want our money going there. You know, if our money can go to something else, we would rather do that." So um, you know, we we made the decision as a board together to you know. Um, stand united with our with our student body at the time, and uh, you know, look out for their best interests. So yeah, that was it was a, it was a definitely an interesting time. But now it's uh, it's funny that I'm on the other side of things. <laughs> I'm on the other side of the table. So well, well, being on the other side of the table, right? I, because even myself, I don't really know what the GLC expansion consisted of as in terms of a mandate. What was it about? Um, it was essentially just uh, um, at the time, if I'm not mistaken, we uh, it was in order to meet certain certain requirements for for the university to meet OUA's um, OUA standards, which is essentially uh, the the league that um, universities are a part of for athletics. So OUA mm-hmm. is the Ontario University Athletics. Uh, department or organization and um, at the time I believe Ogoma was just being accepted into the OUA so I believe that it had to do with you know they had to meet certain certain um, standards for 
for the OUA so that you know um you know uh, away teams could you know come in and the facilities were up to standard so those were the things that were uh essentially the the goal um behind it but you know as much as you know we we support our student athletes and uh we 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 recognize that you know the student there are students part of it um there are also equally enough students that you know don't access gyms and facilities like that just because you know some people don't comfortable aren't comfortable using those services or don't see the need for those services so it isn't right for us to you know uh take what is you know take take their money and put it towards something that isn't uh, beneficial for them you know so right. yeah so that was kind of what it was in uh, i guess in uh, re- not retrospect but i guess in uh to give you a quick synopsis of the situation I mean, I, I think that's a very interesting situation as a whole. I'm sure, like, eventually the students would like to hear more about it. But before we delve too much time into that, maybe eventually we'll do a part two to talk more about your time at ASU and more about ASU in general. I'd like to get to you more personally for a bit because we've talked about Algoma and we're going to have to talk a bit more about Algoma because now you work there and that's after your education finish. But before we get there... I'd like to ask just some quick things about your hobbies. Now, I know personally, just because you love stealing my coloring book all the time, you're a bit of an artist. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I think your coloring book is still yeah. at the office, if I'm well, not mistaken. <laughs> Hopefully it's still at the office, right? Well, that, I want to know, right? What got you into art just in general? What really drove you to draw? And who's your artistic inspiration? Um, to be completely honest, um, I think art was just something that I was always surrounded by because uh, my dad, he is an interior designer and was always, uh, always, you know, like artistically inclined. Like, you know, we have... Uh, we have pieces of art around the house, you know, or like uh, abstract objects that, you know, he sees art in and stuff like that. So um, those type of things um, all kind of came from just being surrounded by it. Um, And then, yeah, I guess just like just the natural draw to want to draw, I guess, you know, um, was... uh, was something that I was fond of, but I never really, really um, spent too much time focusing on um, on art. Just because uh, at the same time I was always I was I was finding interest in other things at the same time. You know, uh, I was starting to get into music a little bit more. So like I kind of got uh, not sidetracked, but my interest started getting broader throughout the spectrum mm. i mean nothing wrong with expanding your interest in entertainment beyond just art itself and you mentioned now music but i also know from just following you on instagram you're also a bit of a photography nerd but on the music specifically right can you play any musical instrument uh yeah i mean uh if you haven't had a chance to you can jump on to the school of business and economics Instagram profile and you'll see me trying to teach you how to play 
uh, best part by Daniel Caesar. So I can play the guitar, um, mm-hmm. and uh, ra- like uh, on 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 a rare occasion, I can play like some songs on the piano. Not nothing too complex, um, like the bass here and there. But mm-hmm. yeah, not, like the guitar is the instrument that I would say I'm the most comfortable with when it comes to. Um, playing an instrument but yeah i've dabbled here and there like the piano the the drums the bass you know i i don't think there isn't um uh, something i couldn't play if i didn't have enough time with it yeah i think most music works with the fact that if you have the ear for it then it's only hard work separating you from achieving more and more within music 100% yeah no definitely agreed on that I hope you'll like our intro and outro jingle because I'm personally very proud of them as far as music goes. They they take a lot of colorful jazz influence in them. Uh, so I, I'm sure you'll be interested to hear them when the episodes come out. So speaking more on the music, uh, I, I'd love to see you eventually come down to campus, maybe perform with OBS Fusion, you know? Yeah, you know what? I'd 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 love to have that happen. Maybe I'll I'll try and bring uh, Iman along and uh, get her to sing, and maybe we can Iman, have Shuruk. Yeah. You know, we could have Shuruk just uh, be some uh, in between entertainment. You know, <laughs> the dancer kind of comedy for us. Mm-hmm. You guys could be the warm up band for a stand up from Shuruk. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Shuruk and Iman, that's a perfect transition into your working life at Algoma, right? Um, what got you from studying at Algoma to working at Algoma? Um, honestly, it was just, uh, it was, it was, uh, um, uh, I guess, like a butterfly effect, if anything, because um, mm-hmm. um, at the time before I got hired at a at the school of business, I had to I was I was working at Walmart and I was honestly struggling trying to find a job and uh I just get a I I reach out to to Kathy cuz um at the time Kathy was was the professor who I was uh most influenced by well not most influenced by but definitely she had a very significant role to play in my life mm-hmm. um so I still kept in touch with her and I had just reached out to her because at the time I was part of a, of a startup and I just wanted to lean on her to see if maybe, you know, she could put me in touch with some investors or something like that. And, uh, that, that, that reach out for me from my side was, um, she, in, in, uh, she responded back to that email saying, Hey, I actually want to have a conversation with you. So I was like, Oh, okay, cool. So, she went on to have this conversation with me and it was about me joining um Algoma on a on a temporary basis just to just to help out and uh i was like yeah i'd love the opportunity you know cuz at the moment i'm working at walmart i'd love to be working somewhere where i could have mm-hmm. a career so uh that's that'd be nice and uh one thing led to another and i took on this temporary contract and uh, I was only set to be at Algoma till January, right. but then uh, thankfully a position opened up again with the School of Business. I applied for it. I was fortunate enough to be awarded the position, 
And yeah, so now I've been part of the team ever since then. But the, the, the yeah, like it, it wasn't like there wasn't really um, any sort of connection. It was just, uh, it was a butterfly effect that happened, you know. I, I managed to still keep in contact with certain folks and yeah, it, it just happened to be, uh, you know, my stars aligned and things worked out in my yeah. favor. Well, as you know, an office coordinator, and I believe you also do student support on campus, what's the job description like? Um, I'd like to say it's, it's, it's kind of like a mm-hmm. jack of all trades. Um, you kind of have to know where everything and anything could be at any, any, any possible time. So it requires just, you know, having, uh, you know, a, a good idea of how, how, how your campus runs, um, which is not, not too hard for me just because, or at least not, not for me because of the fact that I'm part of the school of business and I graduated from the business program. So, you know, and a lot of the folks that are still part of our faculty and are still part of our uh, administrative team are folks that were there when I was part of what, when, when I was there as a student. So, um, it, it isn't, uh, it's not familiar, it's not mm-hmm. unfamiliar territory, but, um, the position is, is definitely, you know, comes with, uh, a lot of responsibility because you got to be, you know, you got to, you got to make sure that, you know, you, these students are being taken care of. That's the, the main priority at the end of the day is that, you know, um, we have students who have come here for an education and the, the, the goal is, is to try and get them from point A to point B and with the least amount of stress. At least. Uh, yeah, university is a stressful time. So trying to minimize it for students, I think, is a very noble cause. No, yeah, definitely. And so, yeah, the the position itself uh, has, uh, has me being a jack of all trades. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. It's unique. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's something I enjoy because I'm someone who tends to get bored if I'm, uh, constantly doing the same mm-hmm. thing repeatedly so um, it's a uh, I like the fact that you know there's always there's always so- something new I'm I'm not always coming <laughs> back to do some do, uh, the old hey, well you know? speaking of something new we have two things left for you to do before you get to plug whatever you wish to plug with as much time as you want to take to plug And then, you know, sadly, we have to say goodbye to you. But for those two things, first, I'd like to do a quick fire round. Uh, It's just four questions. And then I'd like to ask you our signature question. So just to get on to the quick fire, right? What is your favorite brand of toothpaste? This is dead serious. I want to (laughs) know. Favorite brand of toothpaste? Um, You know what? I have, I've had a... I've I've had a really bad case of cavities as a kid. I'm I'm a, I have a, a sweet tooth, so uh, that hasn't fared out too well for me. I've had to get a lot of filling, so I gotta I gotta go with Sensodyne. Uh, you know, some some of that premium premium uh, toothpaste. But um, if anything, if I gotta if I gotta go for you know, it's on the go. I need to grab it right now. It's um, it's it's gotta mm-hmm. be Colgate. Are, are we talking minty Colgate though? 
yes, Minty mm-hmm. Colgate. Actually, like the gel version, though. Um, I can't tasty uh, toothpaste because that's uh, that's just too too too. It's the consistency. Well, you know, both are very good answers. <laughs> I'll take them. <laughs> uh, all right, next one. Where is your accent from? Where is it born out of? Um, I would say it is born out of being uh, a third culture kid in the Middle East that has been influenced by a vast amount of um, cultures at the same time. So I've I've had like like growing up, I my friends were from Saudi, Sudan, Egypt, the Philippines, India, Bangladesh. Uh, South Africa, you know, like New Zealand, like it, it, uh, Pakistan, like you know, like a lot of those. Uh, I, I'd say a lot of those uh, cultures have influenced how I speak because there are certain things I can say in Somali. You know, there are certain things in Arabic I can say. So it's a lot of those uh, imprints have uh, a lot of those cultures have imprinted on how I speak. So all right, I think it's, uh, well, we both that's also what come I would from cultures. And the longest road trip I've probably taken is driving from Riyadh down all the way to Sharjah in UAE. It's about 16 hours, I believe. What's the longest road trip you've taken? Uh, longest road trip? Uh, it'd probably be the, the, the amount of time. Like, I've driven back and forth from Toronto to Sault Ste. Marie multiple times. So that's about an eight-hour drive. But going both ways, that's 16 hours. So... I would say, yeah, that's probably my mm-hmm. longest, uh, my longest uh, haul. Uh, I've done that drive multiple times. It's a, it's a great, it's a beautiful drive. I've done it in the <laughs> summer. I've done it in the winter. Uh, I've done it in the fall. I've driven in all, all conditions. All right. Well, I mean, uh, fair enough. Back sure. and forth. Uh, to, to I still like to say those are rookie numbers. Uh, we'll try to get those up eventually. Right. Um, what's your favorite sport? <laughs> Um, favorite sport. Um, that's a tough one, but it'd probably be football. Not that being saying soccer, but um, yeah, it'd probably be football. Um, uh, really, something that I grew up on and was raised around it. So yeah, but I've been uh, uh, I've been cultivating a new love for basketball. So that's uh, that's interesting too. So yeah. I've been playing basketball too, so that's that's good. Like you know, uh, I've all, I've been I've been in a, like I've been pretty athletic, quite quite a bit throughout my life as a throughout high school and stuff. So um, mm-hmm. I have this athletic mindset when it comes to certain things. So um, it's watching the game and now uh, playing it. You get like you get to start doing things. You know like starting to incorporate you know your basketball IQ into your game which is which is nice so it's it's yeah it's good like I, I remember what come, like I remember where I couldn't I couldn't hit a three to now where like it's a it's a different story like I'm like okay I can hit a three from here I know where I can where where my hot spots are like you know it's, it's I've come a long way from that so it's 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 that same love that I have for, right, for football well, is enough. kind of starting to right, happen now for, the, for basketball. My favorite part of the podcast is always this. Um, so 
personally and just knowing other people, mistakes is the best way people learn anything, be it their own mistakes or the mistakes of their loved ones or people they know. Now, I've loved, I've learned a lot from the mistakes I've made across my life. And I think it's always really helpful to learn from the mistakes other people have made. So I want to ask you personally or professionally, what is one mistake that you believe is that, that one mistake that you've made that you believe is very important that other people learn without having to make that same mistake? Um, something for uh, a mistake. Um, I would say okay. So there was this. There was this one time that I was. I was the. Um, what is it? I was the. I can't remember what they're called. The CRO, yeah. So it's there, the chief recording officer, or. Um, and it was, it, it's essentially the, the person who runs, um, uh, runs the election. He essentially is the person that, um, you know, levels the playing field, make sure that, you know, folks aren't, you know, over campaigning or, you know, uh, abusing other candidates while the, the campaigns are going on. So, um, there was an instance where, uh, a candidate and I, um, just didn't see eye to eye on things and uh, things just got really heated at the time and you know uh, things were said between one another and to make things worse this was someone who you know I had a personal relationship with so you know they're they're like you know you're 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 saying things to someone that care you care about but you know um, yet again you're supposed to hold up you have a duty to hold up certain you know um certain policies and procedures so uh i think uh that instance was where i i learned that being um not diplomatic but um what is the word essentially just you know um mm -hmm. calm and cool-headed is essentially what i would say in those situations just because um you don't know what the other person is thinking or saying and when you say certain things in those heated situations you could uh it could really detriment it can be detrimental to a lot of things you know so um yeah i think the 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 lesson i would say I, i'd like uh, everyone to take from that would be just to you know like operate like operate with a cool mind because it it does have a um like at, at, at any moment you could just say something and it does not uh mm. it doesn't end up being received well you know and um, that's definitely something that i'd like just you know like that cool like if you stay as as calm as you can stay under those high pressure situations you're definitely gonna always come out yeah. on top well Speaking of um, just the signature question, I think to sum up to say, you know, be careful of what you're saying and how you're acting, especially in tense situations, because not only will you affect the other person, which is very important, uh, you know, you don't want to be ruining someone's week, their day, or, you know, hurting them very emotionally. Um, you also want to say, you know what, 
it, this is representative of character. This is a good thing for me to do because it minimizes damage to both personal relationships and professional. And I think that's actually a very, very good lesson. And I hope, you know, even I have struggled with it over time. But being able to get better at it is, I think, very important. I'm glad you said that. Well, now just the end. I'd like to give you five minutes just to plug whatever you'd like to plug and, you know, say goodbye to the people. Uh, okay, awesome. Yeah, no, um, I think five minutes is a little too long. I'll probably probably get this done in a minute or two. Uh, thank you so much for having me on, on, the, on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, I think you guys are doing an awesome job here. Um, what I would say is I'd like all the students to make sure that they're checking their Ogomayu emails for all of the important notices that we are putting out. Um, if you have any questions, you can shoot an email to us. Um, and yeah, honestly, um, you know, check out OBS. You know, they're, they're, always doing, uh, they're always doing fun things. So keep an eye out on their stuff. You know, times are tough right now, but you got to do what we got to do. It is what it is. So um gotta go from there and uh hopefully sooner than later we'll all be back on campus and uh yeah that, I, that's about it man everyone take care be safe and uh all right yeah, well thank you Jeremy, for all campus. your time i know it, it rounded a little over what you were expecting i'm sure the listeners though do appreciate you taking out a little extra time and i'd like to thank everyone listening to this for you know, spending a fantastic hour with us, getting to know both Jeremy and myself better, learning more about the university, more about ASU. I hope you guys had a fantastic time listening to this and have you, I hope you have a fantastic day, night or whatever it is when you're listening to this. Goodbye everyone and stay safe.